Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast where we break down politics, government structure, and dive into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Wallentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we're talking about separation of powers. So grab your 18th century philosopher. And let's get civical. Everybody, thank you for joining us today of all days. Of all days on Wednesday. On Wednesday. We're so glad to see, hear you. We are so glad to see, <laughs> to look, turn around, we're right there. We're right there. Sorry, didn't mean to startle you. <laughs> One of my favorite things when like, um, when you're like texting somebody for the first time or like when you're doing the apps and you have to like initiate the conversation oh, sure. is to go, oh, didn't see you there. Hey. <laughs> Oh my god, you started oh, me. Oh wow. Oh god, you startled me. Startling. Hi, okay. Hi. <laughs> um and that's why I'm single. Ah! <laughs> but yeah, welcome guys. This is Let's Get Civical. Yep. I'm Lizzie Stewart. And I am Arden Wallentowski. And today we're gonna be talking about separation of powers. Yes, we are. Whoa. But before we do that, we have some fun things to do, and that's literally just naming um, some cool people who have donated to us. Yes. Did you know you could do that? You, you can, can donate to you us. You can donate to us if you like to listen to us. And we love that. Just yep. go to our website, www.letsgetcivical.com, yes. and you can find our little donation Patreon page. Mm-hmm. So we have two people to thank today. So just I will say their names in, in joy. Thank you to Mattis Christie and Lori O'Connor. We literally couldn't do it without you. You were so lovely and donated us monies and, and, and you we know, paid for things with those monies yeah, and it was so helpful. It was very helpful. So huge shout out to them. This yeah. episode is dedicated to you. To you. And I apologize in advance for any tantrums I throw on this episode. Because <laughs> there's going to be a lot. <laughs> Again, this is another one of those where I was like, okay, we need a topic, we need a topic, it needs to be easy. And now we have five pages of notes. But you know me. I know you. I can't I make anything you. simple. You're like, here's a simple one, separation of powers. And I'm like, great, here's great. Federalist Papers, well, here's 18th century philosophers. <laughs> like, let me tell you. always throw in like four Supreme Court cases and I'm like, ah, shit. <laughs> shit. Now I gotta, uh, because I'm, that's my worst, that's my worst thing. I yeah. always make you talk about the Supreme Court cases because I don't, I don't get it. But even when I try and talk about them, I end up looking at my screen being like, Hold wait, on a second. On. I got to read this 18,000 times to wrap my head around it again yeah. because I did this last night and now I've forgotten. The, well, the decisions are not spoken in a way that is digestible. Most of the time, no. And that's, you no. know. Heretofore, I, wherein, no. And I'm just like, guys, okay, wait. Just tell me who's guilty. <laughs> and it's never about guilt. <laughs> no, it's not. It's always like your constitutional right as stated per this section, subsection, section, section. Subsection. Literally what 12. it says. You, you could not have done that better. Thank you. Yeah. Am I a Supreme Court justice? Only Maybe. time will tell. Maybe. Only time will tell. Um, <laughs> you can nominate me. Do you have to be, this is not about separation of powers, but now I'm on it. Do you have to be like, like a lawyer? A lawyer or like from the courts? Like I know you're supposed to be, but is right. this sort of like a Speaker of the House situation where like technically anybody could be nominated? Yeah, technically anybody could be nominated. I love it. I just love knowing that my options are open. Mm-hmm. It's great. I Listen, will... you could definitely go from like House Clerk yeah. to Supreme Court Justice in, in like a two years. Yep. In the times we're living in? Absolutely. Absolutely. The sky's the limit. Yep. Okay, great. So 
guys, keep an eye out for my campaign to be nominated as our next Supreme Court justice. I think I'll get it. <laughs> Great. But separation of powers. Yeah. Why are we talking about this? Because we're hearing about it so much right now. Right. right. Yeah. Because there's, um, I think with all of the, the Mueller time stuff, the Mueller report, yeah. there's a lot of talk about what Congress is going to do and that it's now there in their oversight powers. Right. To because Mueller, you know, wouldn't bring charges against the president and whether or not you agree with that, he's tossed it basically either to Congress and or something to be sorted out by the Justice Department when Trump is no longer the president. Mm. And so separation of powers has come up a lot recently in that context, context, because now it's Congress's authority in their in it's their in jurisdiction. Their the ball is in their court, yeah. as they would say. As they it's would their say. turn to text first. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Great. So I'm going to read the definition of separation of powers because I'm very good at reading. I love it. Separation of powers is the division of legislative, executive, and judicial powers into separate groups within the government that act independently of each other. Yeah, baby. I love it. I yeah. Love it. So, so leg- simple. Legislative, we're talking about Congress. Congress is our legislative branch. Yep. The executive branch is the president. Yep. Or MVP. MVP. And like all of those like agencies. All those agencies. Yep. All the appointed people. Are they considered mm-hmm. in the executive branch? Yep. Wow. Big branch. Yep. And then finally rounding it out is the judicial branch, which is our court system. Yes. SCOTUS. The, uh, circuit, the circuit courts. courts. All of the courts. Yep. What I will be eventually become a part of. <laughs> Wow, I literally will. I I have goals to achieve all of these three branches. You can do it. I know. You can do it. Can you? I, I assume you can. Oh, have, yeah. In history, have there been people who have served on all three branches? No, but I mean, I don't know back in 17, Hamana Shemana. But right. Well, like, well, there's only six there people, was only six, so they were just in rotation. They, yes. They just like, all right, John, you, you head over to the court. <laughs> and, you know, it's like in retail when like now, okay, you work the register. I'll do the dressing rooms. <laughs> It's and exactly the it's same. exactly. And then now you pretend to be a manager today in case we have any angry yes, customers. Yes, yes, But there has been, a, do you remember when people were like, oh my gosh, if Hillary Clinton gets elected president, she can appoint Barack, appoint Barack Obama to the Supreme Court? Yeah. Then he would be like a trifecta. He would be a triple threat. Oh my God. Barack, he would be a triple threat. Yeah. You could be a writer, actor, and director. <laughs> A triple threat. A you triple can threat. sing, act, and a, dance. A multi-hyphenate. Yeah. Because, of course, he was senator before he was president. He was. Do mm-hmm. we all remember that? Do we remember that? That uh, seems like that literally ago. seems like it's a lifetime ago. I wasn't yep. alive when he was a senator. That's not true. I was completely alive. But I wasn't, like, alive. You know, like, my brain. Were you not like, aware? I wasn't aware. Because I was, like, I was young. I was probably yeah. 16. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When he was a senator, right before he ran for president. I mean, I didn't know who he was until he ran for president. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Great. Okay. Well, Great. <laughs> look, we're all equal. Yep. So this, the separation of power, the idea of it is to intend to protect the country and its citizens mm-hmm. against tyranny by ensuring that each branch acts as a check on the other two. So no branch has too much power. I lo- look, yep. love me anything that's like a check against time, like j- tyranny. Tyranny? Tyranny? Is it tyranny? I always say tyranny. Is it tyranny? Is it? I think it's tyranny. Oh, my God. This is, is my this southern, like... This is my southern coming out. So my our producer, Kate, is literally cackling silently, oh. trying not to be picked up on the mic. Tyranny? It's tyranny? Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, man. Baby, no, you can say tyranny. It is fine. It's you can literally. say tyranny. Look, shout out to my southerners who have been saying tyranny their entire life. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. This is the hill I die on. Honestly... <laughs> We have bigger problems. We do. I love. <laughs> okay, I love, against I love. tyranny. Tyranny? Tyranny, honey. Ugh. I know. Listen, but I will now forever hear tyranny. 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 It was always ty- Whatever. Okay, look. Call you. me if you say tyranny because I need some <laughs> solidarity here. We're going to do a poll. We're going to do an Instagram do poll. Who says t- ty- 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 tyr? I know. Tyr doesn't no, really tyr make. No, would be T-E-I-R-N-E. Right. <laughs> Phonetically, it Unless doesn't. Unless it's just like one of those old Latin words. No, it's because it, tyranny. It's because they used to talk like this. Right. <laughs> I knew I was there. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. Okay. In the span of 97 seconds, you've had three accents. And I, I, I know. All about well, it. I've alienated myself from everybody in this room. Great. So, but the, the point is, we're being, this is meant to protect us. Yes. Regardless of if we say tyranny or tyranny, right. we are supposed to be protected because of separation of powers. Yes. I love that. Yeah. 
That's the whole point. I love that. Yeah. Look, you know me. I just feel like you can't be out there doing whatever it is you want to do without having somebody to like report to. Right. Yeah. That's accurate. So where does where does separation of powers come from? This idea because it, we we as a young country did not have any original thought. No. So like we did not we literally stole it's not everything like John, from other John, people. John, James, and the goat came up mm-hmm. with the idea of separation of powers. Yeah, that a hundred percent did not happen. No. So right. like everything else, separation of powers, we stole. Well, we didn't steal. I mean, that's not. I mean, did we steal? I don't know. Did they credit them? That's the thing. They didn't put footnotes in in the Declaration of Independence. That's, they didn't. So they did their steal sources. it. There was no citation. This is some BS. They weren't like you know in in the Constitution. There's these three branches with a little number one at the top of it, and then at the bottom of the parchment, there's a little one saying, "This is a John Locke. La, 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 la. This is an 18th century philosopher." Like this is some bullshit. They literally tried to take it for their own whatever they took these ideas and they ran with them and they ran with them and they're yeah. like wow look how g- we're such good thinkers and i'm like bitch all you can do is read like that's that's our standard of great thinkers i i'm shouting i don't okay i'm sorry i'm not love okay, okay history so <laughs> there's two men there's, there's two, two men. men you talk about the french one mostly because i can't say his name okay great. <laughs> okay so there are two guys basically who are the main the main inspirator. What is the word? What would you inspirators? Put? It's not that <laughs> the main inspiration. Inspiration. Thank you. I have not had okay. And coffee. you gave me shit for tyranny. Like this is um honestly, I feel inspirators. Inspirators. Great. <laughs> Listen, I'm gonna make that fetch will come back. Yes, it will. Um, yes, queen. Okay. Two okay, main so inspirators. Two two main inspirators. <laughs> uh, the first one is I mean he was born after Locke but we're going to talk about him first Montesquieu wait but I did look up his full title can yes, I read you it did. to you Please it's read. gonna be okay so this is something you need to know about me is that when I don't know how to pronounce something I just get more southern so that's what this is, this is gonna happen so this is Charles Louis <laughs> the second aunt Baron de la <laughs> Berde it 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 De Montesquieu. <laughs> That's his full name. Are- First of his name, Mother of Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Uh, like wait, can I, I can't see that. Yeah, yeah. you try to computer. read it because you you speak French. Look at that. Say it's it's at the top. Oh, you say it. how is it? Charles Louis de Seconda Baron Baron uh-uh. de la Bred. I don't know how to say that one. A de Montesquieu. I like how you just gave up on Montesquieu. 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 Well, Montesquieu is like... <laughs> Montesquieu. 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 Okay, so we basically said the same thing. Exactly. Okay. Um, but Mais that's home. who we're talking about. That's who we're talking Charles about. Charles Louis de Second Baron. <laughs> See, look at you. You just gotta fake it. You I, gotta fake I the know. French accent. You did really well. Okay. So what did Charles de Montesquieu do? So he was, if you couldn't tell, an 18th century French social social and political philosopher. He coined the term trias politica, which is the Latin for separation of powers, which is what we're talking about. In his publication, Spirit of the Laws. It's a bad title. (laughs) Spirit of the Laws? laws. Come on. But it go, doesn't it go along with like spirit of the law, like in the name of the law, learned in the law? Le- yeah, I mean, no, it's it's a hundred percent like of this time, right? But again, I'm just like spirit of the laws. Like it sounds, it sounds like a bad Clint Eastwood movie. It's also not how we think about law today. Like law the today, spirit, is, yeah, no, there's is no very spirit. like right. There's no. Sp- it's like very literal a lot of times. Yes. When we think about like the process of. It's like what is in legally, the parchment? Right. And, what was the ink? Right when like. That's literally not what this his book is called, Spirit of the Law. Yeah. Which was the inspiration for the Constitution. That's right. The Spirit of the Law. Wasn't cited. <laughs> Cite your sources. Look, we have footnotes. Listen, he would get thrown out of university if Absolutely. he did that. Absolutely. Plagiarism. Uh, that's right. His model was the first model to separate power into an executive, legislative, and judicial branch setup. So he was the first one to be like, there should they should be separate. And there should be three. And they should each have their own purview. I love it. And they should each check on each other. Yeah, they should be like, hey, how are you doing? How are you doing? Look, call a friend and say, how are you doing? Just check on them. So his concept of of government divided the government into legislative, executive, and judicial branches that acted independently of each other and inspired the framers of the U.S. Constitution, who really didn't want to put too much power into the 
into any one body of government, particularly right, particularly like the executive. Yeah, we've talked about. They were really worried about just anointing another king. Well, they were traumatized right. by their king. So Montesquieu said that when the legislative and exe- this is from his his book Spirit of the Law, when the legislative and executive powers are united in the same person or in the same body of magistrates, there can be no liberty. Oh, I know. The dr- there can be, be no, no liberty. Li- the absoluteness with which he yeah. speaks. He's is like, like, he's like, it mm. cannot happen. Mm. Like, don't even try. Liberté pas. There is no liberty. Oh. Did you know, side fact, that I have a tattoo that says liberté? I do. You've showed me. Oh, I have. We were, yeah, we were at a bar and you told me. I, I did like, do that. <laughs> <laughs> and just, it's on your, like, stomach, it's right? It's on my side. Yeah. yeah. I was like, show me. Show me the beast. I did. And then I showed her my side at a bar. Yeah. Great. So there can be no liberty. There can be no liberty. He also said there is no liberty if the judiciary power be not separated from the legislative and executive. Were it joined with the legislative, the life and liberty of the subject would be exposed to arbitrary control. For the judge would then be the legislator. Were it joined to the executive power, the judge might behave with violence and oppression. I love it. I mean, honestly, yes. He has no faith in humanity in a way that I completely agree with. I'm like, like, I don't trust you bitches to be... No. To, like, do this right. To be impartial. I see you. I see you every day. We pass in the hallway, and I'm like, you will act with violence and oppression. Should (laughs) I give you more power? Yeah. No. The answer's no. Yeah. Love it. I... Okay. I kind of like like being French and having seen lots of shit. He was... 100% 100% accurate. Like, I know. His I know. Fears humanity. Were justified. Yeah. He's like, I've seen the worst of humanity. Have I'm you not <laughs> seen Les Mis? Like, that shit Come was bananas. On. Do you hear the people sing? Sing the song of angry men. Okay. Let's go to Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> that is, Great. I mean, it's the best song in Les Mis. Oh, Let's yeah. Just be I mean, it's like, it gives That's me, like, yeah. I get drugged up. Yeah, like, Do you hear? I'm like, yes, yes I, I hear it. They're, they're literally singing. Oh, okay. So um, yeah, I completely so agree with that. I completely agree with that. Hundred percent. I'm loving I'm loving his writing. Yeah. Even if I don't like the title. Yeah. So he compared this kind of structure that he's putting forth for separation of powers to the European government, which he saw as too concentrated in one person with the executive and legislative powers. And the ju- judicial power was regulated to the people. He's just like being like they're doing it wrong. Yeah, he was like, this is not working. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Uh, don't do this. Do yeah. something else. Like, I'm I'm putting forth a new system. Try this one instead. Yeah. Because basically what he was saying is that the judicial power in Europe was basically the people, which isn't. That's not. not that's not. A, right. It wasn't working out well for them. Right. And so he suggested they do something else. And the, our founding fathers were like, okay, great. Mm-hmm. Would love we to. Love. And then one of the, one, so just something else he said that was super smart. He said, if there were no monarch in the executive power should be committed to a certain number of persons selected from the legislative body, there would then be an end of liberty. <laughs> I.e. I. <laughs> at least one person must be elected by the people. I uh, completely agree. And yeah. I love, he's, he's the French Alexander Hamilton. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm like. That's what I'm, I'm seeing so much of Alex being like, we will all perish. Right. <laughs> if not one person is elected by the people, by it's people. over. Yeah. The end is here. Yeah. Like what a little drama queen. Shout out to Montesquieu. I'm living for kind of your bleak outlook on humanity. Yeah. <laughs> I see I, you. I see you. Cause I see it. Yeah. Uh, just imagine, thank you so just much. imagine like thinking of something and being like, that's the end of Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, is it the end of my diet if I have a bacon, egg, and cheese? Like, it's the end that's, of liberty. That's the end of my liberty. That's the end of my liberty. Yeah. yeah. There's so many things about my life that is just the end of liberty. <laughs> that's, that's it. Yeah. Every yeah. time I have like a fourth glass of wine, I'm like, this is the end of liberty. <laughs> I have no more liberty. Goodbye. She is out the window. There can be no liberty. Bye-bye. I will behave with violence and oppression from this point forth. <laughs> Mainly towards myself. Mainly towards myself. <laughs> I have erratic behaviors. <laughs> Anyways, so that's not <laughs> So he's one of our intelligent little baby boos who's yeah. coming up with all these great ideas. But right before him was also a gentleman, an Englishman, right? Yeah. John Locke, who was around just a couple of years before he was. He was sort of at the end of the 16th 
end of the 17th century, beginning of the 18th century. He believed in separation of powers as well, but he believed that the legislative powers should be split between the king and the parliament. He literally said king. Notice how I didn't say queen. I'm just saying sexism in the workplace exists. Okay. (laughs) So instead of being like a legislative body being its own thing, he believed that the king or the monarch should also be able to play a hand in it to making laws. Right. Which is like, <laughs> Which we've kind of taken on through, like, it, I mean, you could say that's basically what an executive order is. True. Yeah. Although I don't know if that's what. I don't think that's what he envisioned. Yeah. I feel but, like he was like, the king can make laws and be like, yeah. This is a law. Yeah. Much as the way, like, the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park found a way to procreate because nature will find a way. That is not what I was we, thinking at all. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad way. you went there. Listen. Look, they found a way. They found a way. It's very inspiring. Yeah. So if you want to learn more about sort of like 18th century philosophers, just take a look at the movie Jurassic Park and you'll see the work. You'll see the work. Uh, he also had piece, a piece of literature called The Two Treaties of Government. Mm-hmm. Again, not a great title. And his piece of literature that shall not be named, he defended the claim that men are by nature free and equal against claims that God had made all people naturally subject to a monarch. So this whole idea that like, like monarchs are what ordained by God and therefore the people are subject to them. Like that's not, he's like, that's bullshit. That is a bullshit. I feel like it's also kind of brazen. Yeah. No, because we're living in, I mean, this is probably, I don't know what year he published, but it's probably at the late 1700s, which is a very interesting time to be like, you are not ordained by God. Right. A little bold. It's a little bold. It's a little bold. Yeah. Walk on. Yeah. John Locke, you're bold. Another thing that he wrote, he argued that the people have rights such as the right to life, liberty, and property. Does that sound familiar? Mm-hmm. That have a foundation independent of the laws of any particular society. So life, like liberty, you, and the, the pursuit, pursuit of, of happiness. happiness. I love how they just like, they're like, okay, how can we make this our own? Right. Let's get away property. How can we make sure we get to Broadway? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. We're revising. In a couple hundred years. Revising, uh, the pursuit of happiness. Okay, great. Call it. Let's make it our own. That now it's ours. Yep. Again, there was no footnote that cited John Locke for this phrase. But so basically he's saying like, these three things no government can take away from you. Right. Like just inherent that by the fact that like you are born a human being. Right. Uh, and um, we're talking only about men right now. Right. You have these things. Right. Because you, you are, are born a man. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Great. He also wrote since governments exist by the consent of the people in order to protect the rights of the people and promote the public good. Governments that fail to do so can be resisted and replaced with new governments. Love it. So mm-hmm. he's like, if it's not working for you, set it on fire. Set it on this is fire. Your, this is your boy. This is, oh, your boy. the name, which like I'm still not over. Other than the name, I'm so about this, where it's like, if it's not doing its job, burn it to the ground. Yeah. Start fresh. It's kind of amazing that given our current social political climate, yeah. that more people haven't, like, that Locke hasn't come back into fashion. Wait. Like, why am I not seeing a bunch of little boys running around Brooklyn, Brooklyn named Locke? Totally. Do you know what I mean? Locke's a like, cute name. It's a super cute name. She's cute. I'm going to copyright it, so none of y'all can name your babies Locke, because... <laughs> I'm going to name my baby in 20 years Locke. Locke. Yeah. I think it's great. I think, I mean, you know, and, and I think, I think it's actually, I think our founding fathers, not I mean, mostly because they stole all of their ideas from him and Montesquieu, but I feel like they would agree with this being like, yep. this isn't working, like completely replace us. Yeah. They would be totally about that. Right. They would be like, listen, we we try, we did this kind of haphazardly. We yeah. did it once, then that didn't work. Right. We didn't and know so what we, we were to, doing. Right. If we if we did it again, we would do it differently. <laughs> right, right. We would do it differently. Like none of none of us completely one hundred percent agree with everything that is in the constitution. Yeah. Like there's there are great compromises in it. Nay, they are called great compromises. <laughs> I know. So like maybe it's, you know. Let's not lock it into stone. Yeah, let's not. Let's let's. I wish they could put pencil to parchment because they probably would have. They're like, let's just pencil this in. Yeah. And and we'll sort of like come back to it as we as we get like, going. As but we then, of going. course, you know, like you get busy. And, yeah. And things just kind of slip and you're like, oh, I haven't answered this email. Yeah, just and, pile yeah. up. And so we never revised our government. And now here we are. Yep. But that was luck. I, you know. Locke and Montesquieu are hot. Okay. I'm They're into great. it. I'm They're into great. It. Yep. They were big thinkers. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> me. 
And so from all this was how we uh, created the U.S. Constitution. We yeah, I know. I feel like we just literally guys. have read the Constitution and yeah. reading their writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it's that. basically it. I mean, they like we looked at what they said and we looked at England where we came from and we were like, mm, yes and no, respectively. We're right. going to take what these guys are saying because we don't want a monarch and we're just going to write our own constitution. Right. And so in the constitution, we've put the legislative in article one is where you find the legislative powers that we've delineated that create the house and the Senate. And article two is where we've put the, the language that creates the president and the vice president. And then article three, uh, if you're following along is where the courts appear for yeah. the judicial branch. Yeah. Just pull it out. Yeah. In your little pocket constitution. Yep. So we're going to, want to just separate these powers and look at them individually yeah. so we start with legislative which is congress so as arden literally six seconds ago just said the article one of the constitution establishes the legislative branch the u.s congress the house and the senate and it gives those two entities or the legislative branch as a whole the power to make our country's laws mm-hmm. we all know this we all love this congress makes the laws sometimes yep it's amazing the oh, though I did throw in a Supreme Court you case did there. throw in a Supreme Court case but I'm gonna freaking kill it do it the the powers were greatly expanded uh under McCullough mm-hmm. McCullough versus Maryland so in 1816 Congress charted the second bank of the United States banks were so controversial chartered yes they what were did I say charted fuck's <laughs> sake I I feel like at the top of this episode I was like I can read great <laughs> So in 1816, Congress charted. What is it? <laughs> chartered. chartered. For fuck's sake. Okay. In 1816, Congress chartered the Second Bank of the United States, banks being very controversial. Um, in 1818, the state of Maryland passed legislation to impose taxes on the banks. And James W. McCullough, the cashier. <laughs> I know. It's so I random. love it. Yeah. This is the lowly cashier of the Baltimore <laughs> branch of the bank refused to pay the tax. Good for you, McCullough. Don't pay that tax. The state, uh, the state, appe- the state appeals court mm-hmm. held that the second bank was unconstitutional because the Constitution did not provide a textual commitment for the federal government to charter a bank. Okay. So they're basically like, uh, it's, not, it's not in the pen the department. The pen department didn't happen. You can't do this. I Okay, great. I love it. In a unanimous decision, the court held that Congress had the power to incorporate the bank and that Maryland could not tax instruments of the national government employed in the execution of constitutional powers. So the court said that Congress did have the power to incorporate a bank, but that right. Maryland couldn't tax couldn't tax something that was like a, a national, like a federal creation, basically oh, is it. what they're saying. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Only Congress can right. be like, this is a tax. Who creates taxes federally? Federally, Congress. Great. Yeah. Love. Yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> feels right. Yeah. So they create taxes. But basically what this court case did was it defined. Remember when we talked about territories and it was like, we kept saying like you. It, it, a lot of how we got to where we are with the territories that we have with like in the island chains is through Supreme Court cases that said like, you don't have to pay that tax right. because yeah. you are, are you American ash. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you are ki- kind of American. And that's kind of how we started to define like what those territories are in relation to us. Yes. This is doing the same thing Great. where they decided this court case and it was the first time really that they had delineated a power to Congress that wasn't explicitly in the Constitution. Oh, I love it. Um, They're like, if this were to be anybody's power, it would. It be would Congress's. be this. Con- yeah, it would be Congress's Hell power. Yeah. So that was yeah, like the first time it it put in writing through this Supreme Court case. It like uh, upheld the process that Congress was basically already doing, which is creating laws that govern the country, right? And kind of solidified that power, and not just kind of an ethereal way in a constitution that's like, you can write laws, but in a real way that's like, okay, but here's what that means in practice. Yes. This uh, is what that did. I love it. Yeah. So the, the main powers that mm-hmm. Congress has, they can make laws, mm-hmm. they can establish lower courts, mm-hmm. they can override a presidential veto, mm-hmm. which we've talked about, and they can impeach a president, which we have talked about. 
They are also elected by the people. Um, originally, only one branch of the government was elected by the people, which was the House. Can you believe? Because the Senate was appointed by the states. Yeah, the state legislators. So, uh, yeah, that's the legislative branch. So they're just making our laws. They're yeah. making our laws. They're making our laws. And overriding vetoes yep. and maybe impeaching people. I don't know. You yep. tell me. You tell me. But what that's what do? they can do. Yep. So talk to me about... Of the executive. The executive. So Article 2, like we said, of the Constitution states that the executive branch with the president at its as its head has the power to enforce or carry out the laws of the nation. Their powers are to, they have veto power over all of the bills of Congress. Literally all of them, every single damn every one of them. Every single damn one. They can appoint judges and officials. We know that. As, <laughs> we've talked about that, such as like cabinet people. Supreme Court Supreme justices. Supreme Court justices, lower level justices. They are the commander in chief and they can make treaties. So then the other, our last branch is the judicial branch, which is our courts. And they are set forth in Article 3, which decreed that the nation's judicial power to apply and interpret the laws of Congress should be vested in one Supreme Court. Just the one. Just the one. I love, I'm glad they put one. Can you imagine to be like, I'm just going to go over here (laughs) with my friends and create another Supreme Court. Right. Because that's literally what I would do right now. I'm so mad at the Supreme Court, honestly. Honestly. We're we're always fighting. So, yeah. So they have the, the, the judicial branch has the power to apply and interpret the laws, should be vested in one Supreme Court, and in such inferior courts as the Congress may from time to time ordain and establish. Yeah. So they have the power to try all federal cases and interpret the law in those cases, the power to declare a law or executive unconstitutional. I love basically it. like what SCOTUS. This is what SCOTUS does. Well, it's yeah. what all the courts do. Yeah. It yeah. just gets it gets it pushed it up and up and up the chain. Up, 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 the Constitution leaves the powers of the courts and, and the lower courts and Supreme Court rather ill-defined. No, <laughs> no, they're because they're literally like courts. Right, they're like, we should have have courts. We should Um, have courts, period. But they didn't, for better or for worse, you could argue both ways, they didn't say, like, what the court system should be. They didn't say how many there should be. Or what, you know, kind of how many levels of courts. Mm -hmm. And this basically continued kind of haphazardly until Mayberry versus Madison in 1803. So it came up fairly quickly, but, Uh like... Like 20, 20 years. years. 20 years of 20 years of being like, this doesn't work. I don't know what we're doing over right. here. Anybody else know what we're doing up here? No. Okay. <laughs> okay, great. Suffer. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. That was me being no, that was a great. founding father, not knowing what they're doing in 18th century. So in 1803, Mayberry versus Madison established the Supreme Court's power of judicial review by which it determines the constitutionality of executive and legislative acts. Love. It's from history.com, ladies and gentlemen. We love history.com. Shout out to history.com. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So Mayberry versus Madison. Members of the federal judiciary, which includes the Supreme Court, 13 U.S. Courts of Appeals, and 94 federal judicial district courts are nominated by the president and confirmed by the Senate. A lot of judges. So federal judges hold their seats until they resign, die, or are removed (laughs) from office by impeachment. By Congress, which actually we talked about this in our impeachment episode with Ophira. Mm -hmm. The most most of the time, the impeachment impeachment is against judges. judges. Yeah. These people not elected by the people of the United States. Judges appointed. Not. Yeah. State in, in, in a federal way. Yeah. We elect our state, our state judges. Yes. So let's talk about some. Some times of crisis when separation of powers <laughs> was what uh, in a crisis mode? in a crisis yeah. mode yeah a time of crisis can we think of one in history I don't know I love it I love it <laughs> so this is the year is 1937 if oh we all goodness. remember it tell um, me and this is ba- this is FDR who we know and love friend of the show his court packing scheme which I just. Great title. Sorry. Okay. That's literally what it's called. So so FDR, in his infinite wisdom, he wanted to expand the number of justices of the Supreme Court to 15 instead of 9 to protect the New Deal from being overturned in court. Which, to me, I'm like, honestly, live your best life, FDR. He was just going... Like, I, I kind of respect the man, even though I do think that he had... A, a lot of executive overreach during his presidency, mm-hmm. but also like we were in a, the, we were in the great depression. Right. And I mean, not at this point, but we're on the brink of war. Like yep. things, everything's tense. Yep. Okay. You're walking into a lot of tension as mm-hmm. FDR. Mm-hmm. So he created the new deal, which was 
a lot, a lot all at once. He was like in Congress all the time being like, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. Yeah. Bada, bada, bing, bada, bada, boom. And they're like, why are you here? This is not your house. Go home, FDR. Go home. But he was like, no, I'm not going to go home. I'm just going to keep making shit and doing all these like public funding and getting everybody out of the depression and how Shah, social security. Blah, blah, blah. Direct quote. So the reason why he wanted to expand the Supreme Court from to 15, I'm just like, also, where did 15 come from? That's a, that's a big, that's a big, it's not like it's 11. Right. Or like 13. He went 15. 15. That's six additional justices. It's so many. So the reason why he's doing this is because before this, SCOTUS had overturned portions of the New Deal that felt it, it gave too much authority to the federal or to the executive branch and to the federal government. So yep. they were like, Look, I see what you're trying to do, but like these portions, you're you're reaching too far. Right. You're aiming too high. Yeah. Settle down. And FDR's like, How dare you? I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna get six more people in here and we're gonna have a party. So FDR, bless his heart, proposed the bill and wanted to provide retirement at full pay for all members of the court over 70. And if a justice refused to retire, an assistant air quotes with full voting rights would be appointed thus ensuring roosevelt a liberal majority he basically was like like my like my mom used to work for the federal government and they like when you get to be like if your salary gets too high i don't think they do this anymore because i I haven't heard but they will buy you out of your contract yeah in order to like send you into early retirement yeah what he is doing yeah he's literally like if you're old and not agreeing with me i will give you money to go away what a little brazen boy Mm -hmm. and also he proposed the bill yeah that's the other thing he was literally like over he was like over your writing bills i'm like franklin go go home go home go to you have the white house we have so much to do yeah the germany's freaking out over there mm-hmm. like call call someone <laughs> go deal with go that. deal with that that is your job is that, that is your state? job i mean it's like it's not your fault Woodrow wilson did not prevent the second world war and that's not your fault that's his fault mm-hmm. but we now we have to deal with it anyways so the bill passed but then the senate overturned the bill 70 to 22 yeah they were like mm, they're like absolutely no. not no. absolutely not and i get it this is like completely executive overreach um i'm totally on the side of the senate but i love him for trying yeah i really do i'm like live your freaking life okay. i love that he tested i don't love that he tested the waters because that's literally what trump is doing right now but i do love that like our our constitution and our the other two branches as it were and this episode of separation of powers checked the executive they power. It. They did and they check were like, it. Go home and sit the fuck down. Go home and settle down. Come back to us when you're willing to be reasonable. Yep. It all worked out okay because two justices ended up switching over to the liberal side and upheld the National Re- Labor Relations Act and the Social Security Act. Yep. So, like, that's that is where we, you know, we always we hope that the Supreme Court, even though they were appointed by a person of a particular party that at the end of the day they remain unbiased and act in the interest of the constitution and the government and in this case they did did. and that's why we have social security huzzah the other kind of crisis moment that we live in uh, like the fdr thing was a moment in 1937 which we all remember which we all remember there Um, i can finally read (laughs) but the other crisis that we're kind of perpetually in is who has the power to declare war, which is a power that constitutionally rests with Congress. But since World War II, they have relinquished that power to the presidency. So, for instance, Congress has declared war just 11 times. Only? That's crazy. Yes, I feel it like is, we're always at war. We're always at war. Uh, we're in, like, the longest wars of our history, and they're not actually declared. Guys, remember, we are still at war. We're still at war. Did you know? We Did are at a time of war. We're, we're in wartime. Can oh, you imagine? for God's sakes. The casualness with which the American people exist in this wartime would be like anathema to World War II well, sure. citizens. Right. Like, it would be appalling. Right. Cong- yeah, so Congress has declared war only 11 times, six of which were for World War II because <laughs> they declared them individually against it. Germany, Italy, Japan, Romania, Bulgaria, and Hungary. It's not the access powers. It's like, no, Romania... I see you declared war. Bulgaria, watch your back. Declared war. I love it. Yep. I love it. Be specific. Name them na- name. Name the names. names. N- give me the receipts. <laughs> I love it. Love it. So Article 1 is very clear in giving Congress the power to declare war and to federalize state militias. To Pen be like, parchment. 
Oklahoma, it is now your turn. Send your people. Let's we need go. You. Uh, let's rally. Let's rally. Article 2, Section 2 names president names the president as Commander-in-Chief of the Army and Navy of the United States and of the militia of the several states. <laughs> Because they weren't sure, they weren't sure how many they I know, were going to have. Like, they we were are, like, what's a, what do we call this? Is this, we can't several? Say the 13. This is so, it's not like it's not land too over many. There. It's not it's not just a few. It's several. It's several. <laughs> the several states. The several states. They could have used a different word. Yeah. The several. That the doesn't several. sound cute. The that sounds states. that sounds sloppy. Anyways, it's not about the word. Okay, good. Keep going. When called when. The militia of the several states are called uh, into the actual service of the United States. The actual service. Yeah. Actually, we're doing this now. <laughs> actually, actually, you have to come and help it's going to happen now. Actually, we're now at war. Right. And although the framers ensured that a civilian would lead the um, lead America's armed forces. Allow the president. Mm-hmm. Constitutional scholars have debate, debated for years whether the position of commander in chief actually gives the president authority to open hostilities, <laughs> to start hostilities. No, open hostilities. Yeah. Oh my God. I know, right? There's so many people I want to open hostilities <laughs> with. Are you joking? <laughs> Number one, Woodrow Wilson, consider yourself an open hostility. Okay. <laughs> Or whether, or whether it was merely a title the founders conferred on the chief magistrate. Instead, Congress has agreed, basically since World War II, to resolutions that authorize the use of military force and continues to shape U.S. military policy through appropriations and oversight, which is why we're constantly in, like, do you remember during Obama and I think, yeah, Trump, in the beginning of Trump's uh, term too, but definitely over Obama when he was dealing with Iraq and Afghanistan. And mm-hmm. it would be like, we're increasing the troop surge. We're decreasing. We're doing yeah. this now. Yeah. Da, 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 da. And we went, we want $18 billion right. for troop funding. Like that's how they now regulate it. Like the Congress is like, we don't have to declare war. We're just, what do you want? You want 18 million? That's no. not even a real number. You want a billion dollars? <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> 18 million will buy we're going you to war five on humans. <laughs> And a canteen full of water. Yes. Anyways, this isn't about Iraq. Although it should be. It should be. We shouldn't be at war in Iraq. It's a bad war. It's It's a bad bad war. war. Yeah. So some people see this, the fact that Congress won't openly declare war in a way that we have in the past. Instead, they oversee our open hostilities Mm -hmm. through appropriations and oversight as a breach in the separation of powers in the U.S. Yeah. Because declaring war on another country should be an act done by the branch that represents the people, not an act, not an action leveled by a single executive. I completely agree. I think Congress should declare war. Yeah. Call me. Call me. If you disagree. Yeah. Because the war resolution, war powers resolution, also known as the war powers resolution of 1973 or the war powers act is a federal law intended to check the president's power to commit the United States to an armed conflict without the consent of Congress. When did this pass? So they, uh, 1973. Love the 70s. Yeah. What is so like they, the 70s? What are you doing in the 70s? I feel like all this shit is happening. They're like, all right, let's fucking limit this. Roe v. Wade, Nixon, yeah. Yeah. Jaw, you know? Yeah. A lot of shit got done. I love it. For better or for worse. Yeah, so then the president has to... Okay, so the War Powers Act requires the president to consult with the legislature in every possible instance before committing troops to war. The resolution... This is from, again, history.com. The resolution also sets down reporting requirements for the chief executive, including the responsibility to notify Congress within 48 hours whenever military forces are introduced into hostilities or into situations where imminent involvement in hostilities is clearly indi- indicated by the circumstances. So if like somebody's a coming at you and you're like, hold on, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta know that we gotta, we have to, I have to talk sorry, to if you just hold your weapons, you we've got to tell just put a Congress. pen in this, put a pen in this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they do have to go to Congress. There is a war powers act that gives some more direct oversight, but that is not the power to declare war as it were. We'll do a longer episode on the War Powers Act because yeah. it actually is really yeah. fascinating. Yeah, I'm all about it. I'm yep. all about it. And mm-hmm. now we're going to play Around the World, Let's Get Civical Edition. Right. Where we're going to talk about where separation of powers exists around the world. Yay. And we're going to start with our parents, the United Kingdom. So this is from Law Wales. What is that? It's the, the Wales government website. I love it. Yep. The Wales government website. The yeah, Welsh government website. Welsh, yeah. 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 So they, this is what's there. Um, it reads, the executive compromises the crown and the... Comprises. U- oh, my God. What did I say? Compromises. 
Oh, for fuck's sake. I literally... The best part about I, it is I that you've done it so many times, but also the word that you choose to put in place of it makes, makes it mean no cassette, like something entirely I different. Okay. And I just love it. So this is what it reads. The executive comprises the Crown and the UK government, including the Prime Minister and Cabinet Ministers. The executive formulates and implements policy. And then the executive's presence in the legislature is made subject to scrutiny with the ministers regularly appearing before and being required to answer the questions of the members of parliament. So basically, it's like the executive. Oh, oh, oh. So like the prime minister and the cabinet ministers have to appear in front of parliament to be like, this is what we're doing. Yeah. And like and, and sort of like um, be accountable yeah, yeah, to yeah. them. Yeah. I love. Yeah. I love accountability. It's their accountability partner. Yep. The legislature, also known as Parliament, comprises of the Crown, the House of Commons, and the House of Lords. Yep. So we got we got a trifecta right there. Mm-hmm. And then finally, the judiciary comprises the judges in the courts of law, mm-hmm. those who hold judicial office in tribunals, and the lay magistrate who staff the magistrates' courts. Mm-hmm. Senior judicial appointments are made by the Crown. Yeah. Really? Well, that's so like of- the Queen is like, this is I'm I'm appointing this person. Yeah. I just I view Queen Elizabeth as like only a figurehead and right. having no She doesn't role. really have a lot of power. Yeah. She this like is just opens to me. Yeah, she opens and closes parliament, I think, yeah. and then like when she stands you must also love. I would me love too. that. Yeah. But that's I mean, but that's basically like what our This is basically our setup. Yeah. Like straight Minus up. House of, of Commons and House yeah. of Lords, Congress or the House and Senate. Um, Although the legislator legislature comprises yep. the the crown who is that's different that's different that's different because that's i guess that would be we don't, our version of the president but also the but crown also, doesn't have but doesn't yeah like we don't power. have we don't have two like a lot of the other um like we're going to talk about france too and a lot of the other systems that are like ours and their separation of powers have two leaders we don't no we have it. other types of leaders but not two, two kind of not a head of state and a head of government right so let's talk about you so talk about france. france you try to read okay <laughs> so the French system is largely based on the principles that were set out by General Charles de Gaulle during his famous speech in Bayeux on 16th of June, 1946. This comes literally from the Gouvernement d'Affaires website. Okay. The executive, which is appointed by the President of the Republic, who is the head of state, so their president is the head of state. The Prime Minister is the head of government, who is, I looked his name up because I was like, I don't even know who this guy is. His name is Edouard Philippe. Right. Very French. Very easy. Very French. Very easy. Yeah. So the executive directs the actions of the government under Article 21 of their constitution and in principle sets out the essential political guidelines. Don't ask. I, have no I idea won't even what say they it. Would I won't be. even. What would they possibly be? What is an essential be? political guideline? I don't know. It can Amazing. be anything. It can be anything. It's it's we you know no white after Labor Day. Great. Their legislative branch, which is a parliament, is made up of two assemblies, just like ours: the National Assembly and the Senate, which examine and pass laws, monitor government, and assess public policies. Members of the two houses are chosen by two different electoral systems. Huh. Yeah. I'm not gonna get caught up on this, but I just feel like make it uniform. I don't know. Yeah, there's also like 85% turnout in France when they vote. So like, wow, what a dream. I know, right? What a dream. The Their judiciary is made up of various courts and councils. And then this led me down a rabbit hole because I was like, listen, we don't have a head of government and head of state. No. We have one. And, you know, I am learned in the law in various ways. And sure. I have no fucking clue what the difference between these two. Like, what are you? what do you do that's different? Or like, uh, who, sure. who are the head? Like, the people that I would know, like, off the top of my head from, like, the leaders of various countries, mm-hmm. like, what is their purpose? Yeah. So you're going to list them off? So, yeah. So, for example, the head of government often presides over a cabinet, a group of ministers. In France, they're called ministers instead of, like, cabinet secretary. Yeah. Um, or secretaries who lead executive departments. So, for example, this is Angela Merkel, Merkel in Germany, Theresa May. In the UK, in look, the UK, she's doing, until look, you she's know, been, maybe until, by the time this episode comes out, maybe. I know. Who knows? Um, although I'm she worried. did, she did just <laughs> get a, get a six month reprieve from. The yeah, EU, I'm worried about so Teresa. Like, Teresa, call me. I, it's not going well. It's not going well for like, her. I also don't know how to Brexit, but I'm shit. You're yeah. doing a bad job. Yeah, Shinzo Abe from Japan, mm-hmm. and Justin Trudeau from Canada. Those are all like heads of government, mm-hmm. heads of state. So this is a public persona who officially present 
uh, represents the national unity and legitimacy of a sovereign state. Oh, boy. These are generally your presidents, whereas the, the heads of government are generally prime, prime ministers. Prime ministers, yeah. Would be, for example, Xi Jinping of China. Mm-hmm. Our second president, Vladimir Putin. Love him. Know mm-hmm. him. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Current resident, President Trump. <laughs> Current resident President Trump. <laughs> you know him, you love him. Please welcome to the stage, current resident President Trump. <laughs> Queen Elizabeth II and rounding out our, the French president, Emmanuel Macron. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you think about it, in some ways you could argue that like Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell are are, are kind of pseudo um, heads of government. Yeah. But we, you're right, we don't have like somebody... Who oversees all of all it. of the government? Yeah, it's, it's individual. Yeah, I don't know which way's better. Right now, it feels like not our way. This <laughs> <laughs> is all I'm saying. Because like this is a mess. Like, and I, I wish yeah. I wish we could I wish we could like call Angela Merkel and be like, can you just come and like work with us for like six months and do just some like <laughs> we pay some like head of government training to tell yeah. us like how like nanny 911 but like it's Angela Merkel <gasps> coming over to help us oh my god get discipline Listen, of our children Angela Merkel would be a fantastic nanny I freaking love Angela Merkel mm-hmm. shout out to Angela friend of the show call me yep I would love to talk to her should I Leslie it's Angela <laughs> how are you doing this is me I'm calling you from Germany I just want to say hello this is not German. <laughs> no, but you know what it is? It's a, it's kind of German. It's a perfect impression of Kate McKinnon impersonating Angela, Angela Merkel. Merkel. That's, That's she's, exactly what that was. Look, she's my Angela, Kate <laughs> McKinnon. Also, she could be head of state. Literally. She should be head of her, state. Give her anything she wants. It would she be can great. have anything she wants. Can you imagine? She could literally play every part. Hold on. Hold on one second. On. I have to go <laughs> put on a beard. Up, 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 up. Run over. Yeah. Puts it on. I love it. I love her. Be great. Love yeah. Her. Wow. Separation of powers. Man. Right? I think it's good. Yeah. I like separation of powers. Me too. I feel good about them. Yeah. We're going to end on a high note with this one. Yes. The thing we covered is good. Well, my thing is like when we're doing it, this is great. This when is we great. do, when we check each other, yep. when we're like, hey, you're being a little bit of a bitch right yep. now. And that's what separation of powers is. It's yep. looking your friend in the eye and being like, I don't like your behavior. Stop it. Like we, we talked about this, right. you know, we right. wrote on our roommate contract that you would clean. Mm. that you would clean like once a week we would clean and you haven't been cleaning Mm -hmm. what's going on or you're like you're bringing people home at 3 a.m we agreed that's not that's not in the pen department no i love it yeah i love separation of powers yeah check everybody yep everybody needs to be checked yep check them even like like even non-political people i feel like sometimes you just need to be like hey what the fuck are you doing Mm -hmm. what are you doing yeah this is not you this isn't us I just hit my mic because you know when I get upset and I I mean, headbutt the mic. I always do it once an episode where I'm like, well, pow, I'm mad. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. man, but yeah, no, it's it's pretty great. I'm I'm into it. I'm glad we I'm glad we talked about it. Yeah, me too. Thanks for uh, thanks for you know thanks suggesting for, it. Of course, literally anytime. I'm always here to suggest things that are potentially easy and turn out not to be easy. <laughs> <laughs> this is relatively simple, though. Yes, no, it was minor court cases. Minor court cases, a lot of reading. Yeah, and I am all about it. Nah, nah. Um, but guys, thank you so much for joining us. As always, if you loved what you heard, that's amazing. You can find us on literally all of the podcast streaming platforms. Please subscribe, click the button, commit to us, like us, review us, rate us. We're all about it. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. We love you. We post fun things. We talk. We tweet. So call us you know talk to us i love it i love you i love i love everybody Uh, we love you so much uh, and we can't wait to see you next time goodbye goodbye